0: Chapter fourteen of the combined maze by may sinclair. This librivox recording is in the public domain. Recording by expatriate in bangor, Maine. Chapter fourteen violet's connection with Starker's ceased on the day of her marriage violet herself would have continued it she had meant to continue it she had fought the point passionately with ranny but ranny had put his foot down with a firmness that subdued her she had said oh well just as you like if you think it can get along without my pound a week and ranny with considerable warmth had answered back that he hoped to heaven he could and then again and again with infinite patience and gentleness he explained that the privileges of acquiring granville entailed duties and responsibilities incompatible with her attendance in starker's millinery saloons he pointed out that if they were dependent upon granville granville was also dependent upon them granville she could see for herself was helpless pathetic he was and violet would laugh in those first days he could always make her laugh by playing with the personality they had created she would come out into the roadway on an august morning as ranny was going off to woolridge's and they would look at the absurd little house where it stood winking and blinking in the sun and morning after morning ranny kept it up look at him he would say sitting there behind his little railin' saying nothing just waitin for you to look after him and violet would own that granville was pathetic but she triumphed you wouldn't feel about him that way she said if he was only number forty-seven just at first there was no doubt that violet was fond of granville just at first it was as if she couldn't do too much for him to keep him spick and span clean from top to toe and always with a happy polish just at first he was as ranny said such a pretty little chap with his funny purple pillar and his little peepers winkin at you kinda playful half the time for the sun shone on him all that august honeymoon it streamed down the avenue between the rows of young acacias whose green tufts with that light on them put ranny more and more in mind of palm-trees he was more and more in love with the brand-new paradise he expressed all the charm of southfields of acacia avenue when he said it was so open and so up-to-date It made wandsworth high street look old and tortuous and grimy by comparison but ranny was more and more in love with violet so much in love that he could never have expressed her charm and yet he couldn't hide the effect it had on him the neighbours knew it was their honeymoon they smiled when they saw ranny and violet come out of granville every morning wheeling the bicycle between them they smiled when violet ran beside him as he mounted most of all they smiled when ranny riding slowly turned right round in his saddle and the two young lunatics waved and signalled to each other as if they would never have done no doubt that in those first days violet was in love with ranny no doubt that she looked after him as much as violet could look after anything every bit as much as she looked after granville but the hard fact was that granville and all his furniture required a great deal of looking after ranny too to begin with he had what violet called an awful appetite which meant that a joint and a loaf went twice as fast as violet had calculated so that she found herself driven to pan bread and tinned meat in self-defence she had found that for some reason ranny didn't eat so much of these what with his walking and his biking and his sitting ranny's activities wore through his ordinary everyday clothes at a frightful rate and then his zephyrs and his flannels ranny's mother had always seen to them herself she had washed them with her own hands ranny's wife sent them to the laundress not too often so that ranny the splendid immaculate ranny she had fallen in love with appeared after his marriage a shade less immaculate less splendid than he had been before it was not of course that violet couldn't wash things for as ranny's mother said to mrs randall you should see her own white blouses there was washing for you mrs ransome owned quite handsomely that the girl paid for it by which she meant that violet's appearance justified the extravagant amount of time she spent on it and it was not that granville demanded from her the downright hard work mrs usher had considered salutary in her case ransome had seen to that he had not agreed with mrs usher if he couldn't keep a servant he could and did engage a charwoman for all the heavy work it was not that the light work violet did was unbecoming to her on the contrary violet bloomed in granville she had had to own that the unaccustomed exercise was a good thing giving a fineness and a firmness to outlines that had been a shade too lax it was that you can have too much of a good thing when you have it every day too much of light washing and light cooking of the lightest of light sweeping of dusting and the making of even one double bed ransome did his best to spare her He thought that she was tired of looking after granville when in reality she was only bored as for her fits of sullenness and irritation he had been initiated into their mystery on his wedding day the sullenness the irritation had ceased so unmysteriously that ranny in his matrimonial wisdom was left in no doubt as to its cause there was even sweetness in it for it proved that however tired violet might be of things in general she was by no means tired of him ransome himself was never tired in those days and never never bored granville as number forty seven might have palled upon him granville as a personality assumed for him an everlasting charm it was astonishing how right violet had been there granville after all hadn't made him feel a silly ass it kept him in a state of being tickled it tickled Walchope and fred booty they met him with what price granville they called him by turns baron granville of granville and the marquis or the duke of granville they ragged while ranny lunged at them and said cheese it until one day booty suddenly serious asked why on earth old chappie he had called it granville when ranny replied significantly i didn't then they stopped but granville tickled him only as it were on one side the other side of ransome was insensitive his undeveloped taste was not aware of the architectural absurdity of granville with its perky gable and its sham porphyry pillar he could look at it and yet think of it quite gravely and with a secret tenderness as his home and more than all as the home he had given violet the blessed roof and walls that sheltered her and all the time in secret it was taking hold of him the delicious thought of property of possession of granville as a thing that in 20 years time would be his own brooding over granville ranny's brain became fertile in ideas he was always calling out to violet vikes i've got another idea when he gets all dirty next year i'll paint him green that'll give him a distinctive character if you like or how would it be if i was to cover him up all over with creepers back and front or some day i'll whip off those tiles and clap him on a balcony he'd look okay if he only had a balcony over his porch his porch was the one thing wrong with granville because it wasn't absolutely and entirely his the porphyry pillar for instance he had only half a share in it the other half belonged to number forty five and you couldn't rightly tell where number forty five's share ended and his began still it wasn't as if anybody ever wanted to swarm up the pillar but there was a party wall and that was a serious thing It was so low that a child could clear it at a stride, and when the postman and errand boys and tradespeople went their rounds, instead of going down Forty Five's front walk and up Granville's, they all straddled insolently over the party wall. Ransom said it was like their bally cheek, by which he meant that it was an insult to the privacy and dignity of Granville, and he stopped it by setting a high box planted with a perfect little hedge of euonymus on Granville's half of the top of the party wall and he and violet hid behind the window curtains all one saturday afternoon and watched the poor Johnnies being sold there was no end to the fun he was getting out of granville every evening he hurried home from woolridge's that he might put in an hour's work in his garden before supper he was never tired of digging and planting and watering the long strip at the back or of clipping the privet hedge that screened his green mat at the front only violet got tired of seeing him doing it more than once when ranny's innocent back was turned she watched it scowling she was so far gone on him that she couldn't bear to see him taken up with granville she hated the very flowers as his hands caressed them she hated the little tree he had planted at the bottom of the back garden for the little tree had kept him out one night till nearly ten o'clock after violet had expressly told him that she was going to bed at nine violet was not tired but she was tired of granville after six weeks of it she began to long secretly for starker's millinery saloons in the saloon you walked looking beautiful through a flowery and a feathery grove of hats you had nothing to do but to try hats on and to sell them and each sale was a personal triumph for the seller violet knew she could sell more hats than any other of the girls at starker's she knew she had a pretty way of putting on a hat of turning slowly round and round in it to show the side and crown standing motionless before a customer while her blue eyes made play that advertised the irresistible fascinations of the brim at starker's she went from one triumph to another for gentlemen came to the millinery saloons gentlemen whose looks said plainly that they found her prettier than the ladies that they brought gentlemen who sometimes came again alone who for two words would buy a hat and give it you at starker's there was always a chance of something happening at granville nothing happened nothing ever could happen granville when it didn't keep you doing things gave you nothing to look at nothing to think about nothing to take an interest in and nobody to take an interest in you it left you sitting in a lonely window looking out into a lonely avenue an avenue where nobody nobody to speak of ever came and not only did violet long for starker's millinery saloons she longed for oxford street she longed for the adventurous setting forth in bus or tram with the feeling that anything might happen before the day was over she longed for the still more adventurous stepping out of the little door in starker's shutter into the amorously hovering crowd for the furtive looking round with eyes all bright for the encounter above all she longed for somebody no matter who to come somebody to meet her somewhere and take her to the empire and nobody but ranny ever came sometimes of course he took her to earl's court or the coliseum but going there with ranny wasn't any fun ranny's idea of fun was not earl's court or the coliseum it was to mount a bicycle and ride from that lonely place acacia avenue into places that were more lonely still sometimes they would have tea at a confectioner's but what ranny loved best was to put bits of cake or chocolate in his pocket and to eat them in utter loneliness sitting in a field in short ranny loved to take her into places where there was nothing for them to do nothing for them to look at and nobody to look at them if violet hadn't been gone on ranny she couldn't have endured it for a day then in the late autumn the bicycle rides ceased violet was overtaken first with a dreadful lassitude and then with a helplessness as great as granville's and with it a sullenness that had no sweetness in it for violet defied her fate and now when she raised her old cry again i can't see why i shouldn't have gone on at starker's like i did instead of saying somebody's got to look after granville ranny answered this is why all through the winter the charwoman came every day and one midnight in the first week of march nineteen five violet's child was born it was a daughter end of chapter fourteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine